Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. Good morning. It's truly an honor to be up here. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is AJ, and I'm actually one of the campus leaders here, student leaders actually, uh, in, our, um, in our campus ministry. And should we get, oh yeah, I'm also sharing the word today just in case you didn't figure it out. Okay, while we wait for that to come up, I'll just go ahead and start. Um, there's actually, I actually come from a very big family, if you haven't noticed. That, um, I actually have about eight siblings, or eight of us total, seven siblings. I'm the second oldest. Uh, I actually have an older sister, Sorry, technical difficulties. There it is. So it's positioned over here strategically. So if you look at uh, the one in the white, the lightest one of us, that's my older sister, Shayana. She's actually living in the States right now, uh, I believe Rhode Island. And then we have uh, my younger sister, Sierra. She's actually a member of the worship team. She actually um, grew up, we actually grew up in the church and just her voice alone is really honoring and really Amazing to see my little sister up here singing and leading worship also during our unashamed uh, Chosen Gen services. Then we got my younger sister, Jacelyn, and actually uh, she's going to be the first one to go off-island for school. I believe she's going to Chaminade University, and she's actually leaving very, very soon, faster than I realized. So if you see her, just go ahead and uh, greet her, and just uh, if you want to impart to her, feel free to do it. We got my younger brother, Ryan, over here. Uh, right next to my mom, and my brother is actually an all-around athlete. It pains me to say this, but he's actually a better athlete than his older brother. Um, Ryan is, uh, he's multi, he plays a lot of sports, uh, volleyball being the best, his favorite one out of all of it. I mean, if you can see him play, it's really amazing. I got into volleyball because of my brother, and I never really liked volleyball to begin with. Then we got my younger brother, Aaron, and Aaron is actually, I like to tease him that he's the smartest one out of all of us. He's the problem solver. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. He plays sports, he sings, and he's good at school. So I don't know if God maybe took his extra time with him or, like, or what, but he is actually like perhaps one of the most all-around, well-rounded um, of us root children. We got, if you look in the corner there, you have my little brother, Jeremiah. And this boy here, he's just, he's taking the soccer faster than anyone out of all of us. And if you talk to him, his favorite player is Ronaldo, Ronaldo, and Ronaldo. <laughs> like, if you just talk to him for a few minutes, you'll easily find out he is a Ronaldo fan, and he's actually heartbroken that Ronaldo's moving to Juventus, because, yeah. <laughs> then we have my younger sister, Kara. She's right there in the middle between Shayana, Jason, and Jeremiah. She's actually there. Um, what can I say? That's the little girl of the family. She's the princess. Anything she wants, her big brother tries to get it. And if anyone says no to her, her big brother handles them very well. Then if you look in the middle, um, those are my two, those are my parents. Um, to be honest, my parents have always made it a point to, um, to help me out. I wouldn't be up here today without them. And they just really spent a lot of time imparting to me and allowing me to become the man of who I am today. And then if you look, no, I did not forget a sibling, by the way. That's, if you look at the little baby there that I'm holding, that is actually my goddaughter, my niece, uh, that is actually Sierra's daughter, and um, she's just, how do I say this right? 
She's just really just a ball of energy, ball of sunshine. She now wants to be independent, even though she's only one years old. So please start praying for us now. As a godparent, as the main, one of the main godparents, please keep me in prayer on how to handle her. So after a very lengthy introduction, um, I, I just want to um, share with you guys, um, or before we go any further, let's just offer this Sunday to God. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the message that you have prepared and that you want to share with us. And also, Father, just allow you to come forward and you to take the lead, Lord, and just um, open the hearts and minds of all of us, Lord, and allow us to understand the message, allow us to understand what you want us to take away and what you wish for us to understand. In your holy name we pray, amen. So I'm actually reading out of Acts 2, verses 1 through 18, um, if we can get that up on the slides. If you have your Bibles or your phones, you can feel free to swipe or turn there. Um, so, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that sep separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. All utter, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, uh, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Um, <laughs> Phrygia? And Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, and even visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine already. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. This passage right here actually reminds me of, a of uh, something that happened recent, um, for me. And it was about the time I first met the Spirit of God. Um, the time when I was, first became introduced to the filling of the Holy Spirit when, when, was when I went through the one-to-one -one booklet with Pastor Roland. If you know Pastor Roland, you know he's a very amb ambitious and very uh, energetic guy. So he helped me develop it a little bit, but it just never really felt natural for me. And then one day when I was attending the School of World Missions in the Philippines, and we were going to our 7 a.m. devotional at, on Wednesday mornings, 
uh, we had a special guest pastor who was actually facilitating it. And he started singing in perhaps the most beautiful language that I've ever heard. And no, it wasn't Tagalog. He was singing songs of praise in tongues, the language of the angels. And during his exhortation, he said, just focus on God and seek him and allow his spirit to move. Now me, I've been wanting to grow more in the spirit, but I just didn't know how, how uh, what, or what to do when the pastor gave, it these, gave these instructions. And so I did. I decided to seek God like he said and follow the directions. I saw a, my first vision ever, and it was a vision of a floodgate, like, you know, a, a dam, like, and it was holding back a lot of, like, holding back water, but the pressure was building up. And then all of a sudden, it burst open. And the best way I, just, I can describe it was like the Holy Spirit just came down and enveloped me, surrounded me, and just kind of started moving in me. It was so indescribable that words came out of my mouth, things I never knew I was saying. I didn't even know what I was saying. I hope it wasn't anything bad. But it was, and it wasn't Tagalog because the person next to me obviously wasn't, didn't understand what I was saying either. But just imagine an 18, 19-year-old kid there at worship service, just bawling tears and speaking a language you don't know. That was me. And that was my, it was so indescribable, but it was, it was a feeling that has stayed with me till this very day. This experience is actually available for everyone. But, and not everyone will have a grand experience of floodgates opening out and uh, the Holy, and then have a grand experience, but each of us as children of God, God is simply waiting for us to seek his spirit and to seek him. The spirit, the Holy Spirit is what we as Christians needs to, in order to grow and move. In fact, our growth can be stunted if we don't involve the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives. This stunted growth can harm relationships, work, our mindset, even our family. But, and without the spirit, we won't understand what God is saying. If we read the Bible, you won't know. God, we won't have an understanding. We'll be, instead, we'll be questioning God. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? We won't have that understanding. We might even end up accepting false doctrine or even false teachings. And most importantly, we won't honor God without the Holy Spirit. Now, have any of you guys seen a pyramid of water? stacked up like a pyramid, like that? You guys ever seen that? Children, have you ever tried stacking up water and pouring it in? Okay. But, so, it's like a, a pyramid of cups used at special events, like a gala or something, something similar. And it usually start, starts with the top cup being filled up with water and the cups being filled up to the point where it overflows into the next cup or, or the next row and pouring out into the next row. All of this occurs while the top, top cup is constantly being filled. It's never empty. And this is what God wants us to do and how he wants us to, he, how he wants to fill us to the point of overflowing. The cup at the top represents us. The water represents his spirit. And then um, the cups underneath us are the people we influence. So... What are we gonna, how do we do this? How do we seek to be filled first off? 
Can we pull up the next slide? So, well, first off, what's a cup? Well, a cup is made to be filled by something. God created us to be filled with something as well, but we first must seek to be filled. If a cup is turned upside down or on its side, will it hold what's poured into it? No, it can't. A cup upside down or on its side cannot be used properly because the contents it's designed to be filled with will fall out. And it's easy as Christians, and it's easy actually to be filled with the Spirit of God. In fact, it's something that we all should desire for. In Acts 2, uh, 1 through 4, we see the disciples waiting patiently on God. Next slide. Okay. They were waiting on the Spirit of God to fill them. Then the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit was poured onto them. And in Acts 2, 2 through 4, we see um, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Before the, dis the disciples were able to begin the task that Jesus had assigned to them and to us, church, we first must be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must be, we must be cups wanting to be filled. The reason that the disciples during this time weren't only waiting to be filled, but all, they were seeking. But what does it mean to seek to be filled? It means that they were seeking God during their time of waiting. They used their time to prepare themselves for the helper that was promised to them by Jesus. When we are seeking something, it means that we have a strong desire to find it, meaning we have to have a strong desire to find the Holy Spirit. The disciples had, had a desire to obey what was said, but they did not just sit around and wait. They didn't just waste the time. Instead, they maximized their time and used it to, to prepare themselves for the promise of the Spirit. And that is how you are, you, we seek to be filled. Because the disciples weren't just sitting around church. They were active. But is it simply enough to be filled Water is a force of nature that is constantly in motion. We see it all around us, especially being on Guam. Yes, don't mind the picture. It's just a picture I got off Google. But when, what happens when water is not moving or becomes idle for a long period of time? When it stops moving and settles, bacteria starts to settle in, bugs start to, start to inhabit it, and other things start to grow in it and it start, the water starts to get contaminated. But what happens when the water source is connected back, when a still water, a body of water is connected to a flowing body of water? The bacteria that started to settle is washed away and flushed out, while new water is being poured into it, like a waterfall. Some people went on a hike yesterday and they were doing, they were at a waterfall, so, with all the churning of water, the water is actually very clean. It's like river water. It's constantly in motion. It's good to drink, good to swim in. That's what happens when our water is constantly in motion. It's usable. When we are filled with the Spirit but not being stirred up, the spirit, well, we're not stirred up, stirring up the Spirit that was poured into us, it starts to change. Instead of our spirit being filled with, like, with water that can contain life, water that is life, it actually starts to be contaminated. We start accepting little sins, things that we can sweep under the rug. Oh, 
It's just one word that I say all the time. It's just when I play sports. Oh, it's just a little white lie. It won't hurt anyone. Or it's just a quiz in the beginning of the semester. What If I cheat on it to get a good grade, it, it should be okay because the next one I'll take seriously. But how do we get new water and how can it be stirred up? We are stirred up when the Holy Spirit is constantly being poured into us. When new refreshing water is being poured in, the water is constantly moving and constantly being new water is added while other water is being poured out. The cups which are already filled to the brim, which is us, such as leaders, um, when you, we, parents even, when we impart to our children, or I don't have children yet, but when you impart to others, friends, family, well, when God pours something into us, we, have to, we should be pouring it out into someone else. Otherwise, God can't keep pouring into us. If we just tell God, no, it's enough, that's okay, I'm filled up to the top, I'm satisfied now, then what? What more can happen? We're just going to be sitting there collecting water, or collecting bacteria. When the Spirit comes upon us, we are able to begin the task that God has assigned to us, and we are actually able to be overflowed. In Acts 2, 5 through 16, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. See, this church, this is the first time we see the Spirit moving. God enabled the disciples to speak in different tongues. And no, we're not talking about the language of the angels in this part. We're actually talking about all the nations listed, such as the Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, Mesopotamia, all these different countries and nations were in Jerusalem for a feast. In fact, it was the Feast of Harvest. But they were hearing their language from people who are native to another country. Now, the only way you can learn languages during this time is if you, had a, is if you travel to that country and stay there for a long period of time, you can learn it. But these guys, the disciples, were speaking it fluently, in fact. It was just gushing out of them uncontrollably. Hey, you're from Mesopotamia. Okay, let's go talk. Oh, hey, you're from Egypt. They were just speaking like that. Anyone that they caught, they were talking to. We see how the Holy Spirit was overflowing when it was poured into the disciples. They weren't just filled, church. I mean, of course they were filled. They were spent so many years with Jesus. So many years. They were filled constantly, but they weren't being poured out. And now, God started pouring extra, and they started overflowing. When the disciples were filled by the Spirit, they were filled so much to the point that they had to share it. It was like a floodgate. It just had to come out. They couldn't stop it. It was like a, like a tor torrent of water just gushing out from a fire hydrant. And so they went out and into the city of Jerusalem and shared their testimony, shared the word of God with all these people. And all these people groups that were present that day when the Spirit was poured upon the disciples, the Spirit was so, much, was so much for the disciples to handle that the people were shocked even. They, we see this because they, they said, these men from Galilee were speaking our language. Imagine if someone just came up to you who just didn't look like they belonged on Guam. Like, they literally just got off an airport, walked right up to you, and spoke Tagalog right to your face or spoke Chamorro fluently. Better than probably most of us Chamorros could probably speak it. Just imagine how shocked we would be if a complete stranger walked up to you and spoke, a, a special, spoke your language to you. 
It got to the point that the people actually mocked the disciples, though. They said, you're drunk at 9 in the morning. Now, I don't know about you guys, but 9 a.m. is not really a good time to drink. I work as a waiter. No one really orders drinks at 9 in the morning. They usually wait till like, 3 in the afternoon for some reason. But that's how we want to be, church. We want to share the, the gospel, the word of God so much, share the spirit so much that people will think you're crazy. You must be drunk because you're just doing something with it. You're just sharing it to anyone, rambling on and just telling everyone. We want to be filled to that point, church. We, we want to be overflowed to that point. When we we want to be overflowed to where the water's not just dripping off the sides. It's, in fact, it's just spilling off the sides. I mentioned I was a waiter, and part of my waiter training was we had to learn how to take a cup off a table and fill it up. My first day on the job, I don't, I really, like, I'm like, oh, how hard could it be to pour a cup? Take it off the table, and I'm pouring. Little do I know, I forget about ice, I forget about everything, the water ends up overflowing over my customer. And it's my first day on the job, too. So you can imagine what I said, but the water was just overflowing, like, the God would just wants to pour his life into us, pour his spirit. And he wants to make us overflow. We have to want to be overflowed, guys. Church, we need to want to be overflowed. This is why we must want to overflow. We are seeking to be overflowed by the spirit so that we can share it. How else can we share the Holy Spirit if it's just right underneath the rim of it, of our life? If the Holy Spirit is not completely filling our lives, how are you going to share it? And if you're sharing it, obviously the Holy Spirit's filled up to the point where it has to be shared, whether it's dripping or pouring out. And when we move in the Spirit, God is able to work through us, church. Amazing things can happen. So some of you are probably wondering what, like, okay, great, seek to be overflowed, want to be over, seek to be filled, want to be overflowed. So what else is there? There's got to be something. Well, I'm just going to share a little small story with you guys. Growing up, my parents made it a point to uh, always honor a promise made. If we wanted to do something that, and they saw that we really wanted to do it, they would make us a promise that one day we would. See, they're smart. They never give a date. They just say one day. But no matter what it was or how long, as long as we really wanted it, our parents made it a point to do it. Now, during this time, there was about six of us, um, six of us root kids from the clan that you saw earlier, and we all wanted to live in the States. We wanted to move, but our parents kept saying, okay, they promised us that one day we would. And so years went by, maybe two or three, and I forgot about it. I completely forgot the promise, but my parents never did. My mom and dad never forgot that promise that was made to us. And one day, I come home from soccer practice, and my mom and dad come up to me, they tell us, okay, we're going to have a family meeting. We all sat down, and they said, we're going to the States, and we're going to live there for a little bit. All of us kids, our mouths hit the floor like, are you serious? We're going to go to the States? I mean, you can imagine, like, a teenager's reaction, a little kid's reaction. We're jumping off the, off the ceiling. What do, we're already starting to pack. We don't even know when we're leaving. But my parents took that promise that was made to us and kept it. They fulfilled it because they loved us. That's how God sees us. He made us a promise in the Old Testament, a promise that in the end of days, he would 
we would prophesy and that his spirit would be poured out for all. And in the New Testament, we actually see this promise fulfilled. His spirit came upon the disciples and they were filled with the spirit. And we, if we actually read later on in that chapter, in Acts 2.41, we actually see something happen. Those who accepted this, his message, were, Peter, by the way, was speaking. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 were added to the disciples that day. Church, guys, that's the first church. If you want to see how well they were with seeking to be filled and being overflowed, take a look at the people next to you. We are a result of this very day. Church, when the Spirit moves and overflows in our lives, things happen. I'm going to share another story, by the way. I know, story time, right? Woo! Um, there was actually a time not long ago, I believe I was like 16, 17, where I kind of viewed church as a chore. I didn't really like going. I kind of only went because my parents didn't really give me another option. But the thing is, guys, I, had, I was filled with the Spirit, I would say. Like, not, I didn't know I was filled with the Spirit, but I just didn't know what I was going to do with it because I accepted Jesus when I was seven. I grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school. I thought I knew it all. I was like, okay, my cup, okay, I have some water in it. I left it alone for 12 years. Can you imagine what started to grow in my cup? Nothing good, I promise you. When I, then one day when I was 18 years old, God decided to make a change in my life. He started banging, knocking on the door of my floodgate, all the walls I built up. And I decided to recommit my life to God because I didn't see I was going anywhere. I honestly didn't know what, what was going to happen. And so shortly after recommitting my life to God, we ha actually had a 10 days team come here, and Pastor John Simbokobo was leading it. And he gave me a pamphlet for the School of World Missions. But I looked at it, I, I heard it, nodded my head like a good uh, high school student, not really listening. Oh, yes, I see. After that, I took the pamphlet, tossed it on my bookshelf. That was the end of it. Didn't think of it anymore. But God had other plans. One day on a Sunday service, I was getting ready for church. The pamphlet falls down for some reason. Like, I don't even know to this day how it could have fallen. But it fell down and landed right in front of me. I picked it up, read through it. And I was like, okay, well, God, since I just recommitted myself, if I want to seek you first. There might be a reason. Put it down. Went to church. We were sitting over here when God decided, when God told me, take a seat. I want to talk to you. So I took a seat. Said, okay, God, what's up? Said, God, tell me what you want to tell me. I saw a picture of that pamphlet from the School of Remissions flash right in front of my eyes. And I was like, praying, and it just flashed right there, as clear and as vivid as, as if I was reading it. And it faded away, and then one word came up. One big red word, and it said, go. I tell you, church, I never felt so confident about, about a decision in my whole life. And I mean, and I made some pretty crazy decisions. But what happened after that led me up to this point. Because I decided to let God fill me up, and I decided to ask God to overflow me, his plan began to work. And now, 
two years later, I'm up here in front of you guys, sharing the word. Now, not all of us are going to have the crazy, scary um, testimony like that where God, oh yeah, now I'm up here preaching. No, some people, it's a simple thing. But when we decide to let God take the reins of our lives, when we decide and ask God, fill us up with your spirit, then when we ask God, overflow me so I can impart to my children, to my friends, to my coworkers, Lord, fill me up so I can impart to them, so I can overflow into them and that they can know you. When we ask God to do that, oh, he'll happily pour that cup to the overflowing point to where we're like, okay, God, this is really full. This is a lot of water. It's a lot of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I can handle it. But God's just saying, don't worry. You can handle it. What can the, so with, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the enemy can't do anything about it. Now, I still struggle. There's still things that come up. It's not going to get easy just because you're filled with the Spirit. But when we're filled with the Spirit, we are actually able to do something about it. Because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil will cower before you. I mean, even just saying the name of Jesus, his, 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 the demons will flee. I mean, do you want to get an amen for that? So by seeking to be filled with the Spirit, we are enabling God to make a move in our lives. And by seeking to overflow, we are asking God to pour His Spirit into our lives and so we can impact beyond ourselves. God wants to fill us up, church. It is because when the Spirit moves among us, things happen and change begins. If you, if you don't know God or don't have a relationship with Him, He wants to have one with you. Like some people can probably say, my cup's been dry too long. Okay, that's actually going to show up later, so hold tight with that. But we can make excuses, church. My cup's been dry. It won't hold water. It's just going to crack or it's dirty. You don't want it. I don't want to put water in it. But God's spirit can still wash and fill you clean. You can still use that cup, church. A crack is still a way for the water to be poured out into someone else. And if you do know God, but you have been hesitant to be filled with the Spirit, like, I'm new to faith. I'm new to this whole thing. I don't know if I want this yet, just yet. Yeah, you got me in the door, but let's see if I'll stay. Or I don't, personally, I don't think I'm ready. I've been saved for five years, but I don't think I'm ready for, that, for the Holy Spirit yet. I just like coming in here on church service, talking with people after making plans for lunch, closing the church, like, because I stay too long, socializing. But God wants to pour his spirit so that things, so that the things in our life don't settle down, so that things doesn't begin to grow that aren't supposed to be there. If you want to know exactly what happens when the spirit came upon the disciples and if there was a continuous outpouring, like I said earlier, look around you. We are a result of that. Now, there are several ingredients that we actually need in order to be filled with the Spirit. See? So it's just going to come up again. There's a strong desire for the Spirit. We need that one. That's the first thing we need. In fact, we have to seek the Spirit for aid and freedom from our sin. We also need to confess and, ha and repent. 
When we are convicted of sin, we must act on that conviction and ask God for, for forgiveness from the sin and accept that Jesus had already forgiven us of that sin. There's nothing we can do personally, you guys, church. Nothing we can do personally because Jesus did it all first. He made it possible. All we have to do is walk in that belief and in, in, in that mindset, knowing that Jesus paid the price first and there's nothing more we can do but accept it. We also have to surrender to the spirit of God. Now, surrender, yeah, it's a scary word. I mean, if you think of surrender, you think big battle, okay, we lost, we're losing, raise the white flag. But to surrender to God is to surrender to him complete control of our life. Jesus has been there since the beginning of the world. God has been there since the beginning. The Holy Spirit has been there since the beginning. Don't you think we, he knows what, what to do with everything? Don't you think he knows what he's doing? When we let God be in control of our lives, it's allowing God to take the reins and to put us in the direction he has for us. The direction God wants us to move. And last one, we need faith. Have faith that his promise will be fulfilled and walk in his saving grace that the promise that God has made to us all those years ago, church, about being filled with the spirit and having the spirit and that we will be saved. But there are some challenges to being filled with the spirit. It's challenging because the more we draw closer to God, the more God starts to mold us and shape us into what he wanted us, into the design he has for us. Some people are actually scared of it, about seeking God and that he might change up their lives. It might, the change from God might demand me too much, so I don't wanna, I'm scared of that. It might take away something that I like personally. But then another challenge is addictions. It says in the Bible, our God is a jealous God and he wants our full and undivided attention. You cannot have any other gods before me. And church, anything that's considered an addiction could be another God that we worship. Anything that you worship is considered a God. Anything that you spend more time with than God could ultimately be a false God that you worship, an idol. Others, I don't want to give up my comfort zone. Church, believe me. It's hard. When God says for you to move, sometimes you got to step out of your little bubble. I like where I'm at, so why do I have to change it? Well, God has a bigger plan. Staying someplace isn't really the best. God wants to bless us, but we first must be willing to listen to his word and follow what he wants us to do. It's not easy but when we step out in faith and move in the spirit, God will move with us. You want a good example of this church? Look at me right up here. Because honestly, I never thought in a thousand years, million years, I would ever be up here. This is really out of my comfort zone. Like, I'm not, this is something that I never thought would happen, but God has done something and he's allowed it to happen to this point. It's scary at first, like going, going, opening your email and then seeing, oh, that looks like a new list for church, open, oh, I guess I'm coming up, I guess I got to preach 
today. <laughs> but God actually did a lot. He won't just take you out of your comfort zone, church, without preparing you first. And the biggest way we can prepare is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be outpouring with it. So the only way to overcome these challenges is to seek God and move in his spirit. There's never been a time when God told someone to move and he was never with you. Never. Old Testament, every time a, someone went up in the name of Jesus, he went first and he want, took victory before they even did anything. He goes before us and gives us the victory. So if God is going before you, what more are you going to be scared of when God asks you to move? Will you seek to be filled and will you also seek to be overflowed, church? Let's pray. Lord, hello, Lord, right now we want to, I want to take some time and just focus on God, focus on his spirit. This is, this one, if you are been saved for a while, but you've been kind of struggling with, I'm not ready to receive the Holy Spirit, or I don't think I can have the Holy Spirit because of everything in my life everything I've done in the past and everything else that I've done as a, as a believer, but you're a believer right now. Let me tell you, church, you don't have to be perfect to want the Holy Spirit. You just have to want the Holy Spirit. Let's just right now focus on God. Like what that pastor said in the Philippines. Seek God and seek his spirit. Just right now, just focus on God. Focus solely on him and just ask God, Lord, pour your, pour your spirit into me. Fill me up, church, Lord. Fill me to the point that it's overflowing. May your spirit come upon me, Lord, so that I can do what you have asked me to do. So that your glory can, can, be, can be seen in me. Pray, Lord, I pray for an overflowing of the Spirit upon, our, upon my life and that my cup be filled past the rim and that it overflows into others and that it never goes dry. Father, I accept that I am a sinner, and, but I also accept that you have sent your son Jesus to die and pay the price for my sins. I would like to ask that you become Lord of my life and more so that you mold me into the person you want me to be. Father, I ask that you just settle in my heart and tell me the truth of who I am. That I am your, ch your child and that you love me and that I am loved. I accept you as Lord of my life and I accept you as my Father up in heaven. In your holy name I pray.